Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to part three of our series this week entitled Finding Beauty in the Midst of Our Mess. My name is Amy, and I can't wait to share this information with you today and this story. Actually, it's more than information. And I just want to give a disclaimer. There is a really loud dog barking in our neighborhood. <laughs> right out, It feels like it's right outside my door. And I don't have a soundproof studio as of yet. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer. I apologize. It's not my dog. My neighbor, I think, leaves their dog out at, uh, during the day. And um, it's barking right now. So I wanted to continue the story that I have been talking about. I began by telling you about my... Uh, journey regarding my voice teaching and how I was teaching voice lessons out of our home. And if you haven't listened to part one and two of this series, please go back and listen before you listen to this, because it won't make any sense if you, if you jump in here. So I, as you know, from part one and two, if you've listened already, and hopefully you have, I struggled with teaching voice lessons out of my home, having three kids, trying to juggle it all, trying to figure out how to do it. And it just wasn't working. And I want to clarify, this is more than just, oh, I hated it. I just complaining about the work. It wasn't doable. I mean, it felt really impossible to do this work in the way that I felt it was necessary to do it. And I have a really high standard for myself. I trained for a long time um, on how to teach, and I uh, took a lot of um, training in opera and the classical voice and teaching that art form. And I felt like the people who were coming to me for voice lessons um, either didn't get it, what I was about and what I was trying to teach, or they did get it. And I was really just distracted and tired because I had these kids outside my door, sometimes with their little hands underneath the door of my studio as I'm trying to teach. And their little hands are just popping inside and they want me so badly and my attention that even the babysitters could not keep them away from that door. I would hear them banging on the door. They'd be outside screaming. And my husband would just lose his mind because he would try to keep them occupied or the babysitter would try to keep them away. And they were just, they would just gravitate toward my studio. So all that to say, um, 
in that first podcast episode about this um, in the series, I talk about this. I talk about the challenges. It wasn't just hard. It was completely impossible, or at least I felt like it was impossible at the time. And I threw up my hands in complete exhaustion and frustration. And, you know, some of you might think, well, she just really didn't think this through. And you're probably right. I didn't think it through. I mean, when we had our kids, um, we were just trying to start a family. It was late in our lives. We we were not uh, babies by any mad, it, by any stretch of the imagination. We were in our mid thirties when we started our family, and we were just feeling the pressure of we've got to do this now or never. But we didn't really have a plan in place of how to do it well. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is her problem? She didn't have a plan. You're right. I didn't. I, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to do it. And then I told you in part two about the journey my husband and I took with the fact that he got into um, online trading as a way to help our family recover and get out of debt and try to get ahead financially and take the stress and the load off of me um, for having to earn, you know, a few hundred or a couple thousand here and there um, with teaching as a mom. And we just really decided together that our priority was for me to be with the kids, not because he's old fashioned or because we, we don't, we didn't think there were other options, but we just decided for our family, what worked the best is for me to be with them. And he wanted to do what he needed to do to help our family survive and not go into further debt during that time. So he started this journey of online trading, which took a turn for the worse. And, and it was really, really bad. And like I said in part two, I don't want to go into too much detail about that. I feel like it's not quite, we're not quite ready there to go there yet. Um, you and I don't know each other well enough to maybe go into that. And I feel like it's also his story. And I don't want to share um, and be too um, open about something that he was also a part of and also takes a lot of responsibility for and has beat himself up over and over again for over the last three years since this happened. So I wanted to move on today because obviously this did take a toll on our relationship. Our marriage really, really suffered. Um, when, you know, I went back, I, first of all, you know, I started discovering all of this, um, money going out the door, um, and online trading basically, um, devastated our family financially and, um, caused us to have to really think on our feet. And the only option I had was getting, the first job I could find, which happened to be a temp job, it was actually a contract position for a local tech company. And um, I've mentioned before, it's Apple that I work for, but it was actually through an, uh, a temp agency. So what I wanted to talk about today is just kind of wrapping up this story. Um, there's a little bit of two parts to this. Um, this entire time that I was working and trying so hard to um, you know, help us out and, and get back on our feet. Um, my husband and I were also working hard to rebuild our lives together. It is no secret that we struggled um, as a couple during this time. And this financial situation 
really took a toll on our marriage and almost caused our marriage to end. And we, at times, I have to say, there were many times where I didn't think we would make it. We really were, we had grown apart. Um, There was trust factors involved. There was all kinds of situations um, happening within this situation. It was kind of like a domino effect. But I tell you that to say that I firmly believe that God was, he was the glue that held us together during this time. And I don't say that, again, to be fluffy or positive or try to um, uh, give a spin on this that made everything okay and it all worked out together for good and it all uh, can be tied up in this big bow and, and happily ever after. This is not the case, and it's not the case for anyone, I don't think. I think um, even though we, I know, looking back, he was the glue that held us together, I also can tell you we went through a lot to get where we are today. I mean, we had never before seen each other more at our worst than at this point in our lives. I mean, we had had some doozies. We had had some seasons in our lives where things were not great and they were rocky. And somehow we managed to to come back from that. But this was bad. This was like bad 2.0. And somehow when we would just surrender to whatever the situation was trying to teach us and what God was trying to teach us, our relationship eventually matured and grew into something truly extraordinary. Now, I want to back up just a bit because I, before I took, I had my first week at this job at Apple, I had already accepted the job, but I had accepted it, um, not really sure what was going to happen. You know, part of me was like, I need to get this job because no matter what, Uh, we need to get back on our feet financially. But there was also a part of me in the back of my mind thinking, am I going to be a single mom? Like I need to protect myself. I need to, I was mama bear. I need to protect my kids. Like if, if this is what uh, is, you know, at the time I felt like I was pointing fingers. I was, I was thinking if this is what my husband is capable of doing to me, if I'm going to be really honest, I, I don't know if I can ever trust him again. I, so part of me in the back of my mind was just like, ah, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to take this job. And so a week before I took this job at Apple, I had just dropped my daughter off to her first day at preschool and I bawled the whole way home. It was the first time I had realized it kind of hit me like, wow, our lives are completely changing at this moment. And I knew my husband had reached out to a friend and his friend had paired him up with a guy in our area who was a pastor of a church. And my husband didn't know him. He didn't know my husband. But for some reason, this person, and I'm not going to say his name, 
But Tommy (laughs) took my husband by the hand and walked him through one of the most difficult times of our lives. And I didn't realize my husband was meeting with him and praying and talking to him. And you know that time in um, that episode of Grey's Anatomy? I don't know if any of you are Grey's Anatomy fans. I used to be. I don't watch it anymore. I can't keep up. I don't think I've watched any real um, series like that in a long time because just keeping up is more exhausting than um, anything. So, when I, but I used to back prior to kids. And I, you remember that episode where um, Christine says to Meredith, uh, I'm your person. And she, you know, realized she didn't have anyone she could put down on her emergency form, you know, and she said, I'll be your person. And so they agreed they would be each other's person, they're each other's emergency contact. And um, I, this is what this was. This is what Tommy did for my husband. He said, I'll be your person, which is crazy because we knew so many people at that time. We were going to another church and we had friends in our community who knew what we were going through. And they were the people we would have thought would have stepped up. And it's not to say anything against anyone in our lives, but they, they didn't have the ability to do that. Out of the blue, this guy, this pastor that we had never met before, was meeting with my husband and just spending time with him and praying with him and helping him work through this devastation. And so I pull up in my driveway from taking my daughter to preschool (laughs) and I get a phone call from this guy. And he's, I'm crying right now. So (laughs) excuse my uh, shuffling of my uh, Kleenex. He says, "I, I, you don't know me, but I have been meeting with your husband and talking through all of the stuff you've been going through. And I know that I only have heard his side of it, but I just wanted to chat with you today and just offer to pray with you. And immediately, I mean, I was an emotional wreck. I just dropped off my daughter, first day of preschool, getting ready to start this new job. Don't know what's going to happen. And I said, okay, but I really want you to know my side of the story. (laughs) Isn't that just so typical? I really want to tell you what he's done. (laughs) And so I did. I let loose for probably a good 30 minutes and told him just all that had been going on. And he said, okay. And he was very sweet with me. He just said, I understand. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure this is really, really hard, what you've, ju- what you've just gone through. And he proceeded to then pray with me. And he said, look, I want to pray for you that you could find it in your heart. And just ask God. I know you don't feel like you can forgive right now. But just ask God to help you forgive him. And I said, I, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, there's so much that's happened. And he said, yeah, but 
What has God done for you? Did you deserve it? Did you deserve when God forgave you for the last thing you did? He's like, I'm not trying to say anything. He's like, I'm just saying, think about, think about what you have been forgiven for. And this conversation went on a little bit longer and I found myself on my knees in my closet, just bawling and asking God why. In fact, that is around the time that I really started to feel like God was changing my heart. I'm getting really deep here with you, a little deeper than I had planned, actually. But I wanted to tell you that because the very next day, my husband was getting ready to go to work. And I I walked in and I said, I'm just going to say this. I'm still mad. But I know why you did this. And I forgive you. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know what the next steps are going to be. But I just want you to know that God told me to forgive you. And so I am. And that began the journey of rebuilding. And I don't take credit for that. My husband actually didn't even want me to give in to him so easily and let him off the hook. And I wasn't letting him off the hook. Let me be very clear. (laughs) But I was also admitting my own part in this situation. And I was also acknowledging that I wasn't perfect either. And I also needed forgiveness. Our friends that came around us like Tommy, and I have another friend, a very sweet friend who had just gone through her own devastation that rallied around me. And she actually didn't know me very well either. Of of all my friends, she probably knew me the least of anyone. But she had just gone through a really bad situation in her own life. And so she sort of took me on kind of as her project (laughs) to send me daily encouraging words. And it could have been lyrics from a song or a Bible verse or just how you doing? Are you okay? When I started the job, And I was in those two weeks of training that were horrible for our family because of the time. I had friends jumping in, rallying around us, and bringing meals, helping out with the kids, because they knew that it was a hard time for us. It doesn't mean everything was perfect and okay. And I, it's not always perfect and okay now. I mean, we still have our moments and we still have times that we're struggling. But this specific time in our lives not only helped us see each other in a more authentic way than we had ever been able to and made us realize that we were in this together. We were We were fighting for the same goals. We wanted the same thing. But it also showed us that 
God placed people in our path to just be our cheerleaders and root us on and show us that even in the midst of our mess, there was a lot of beauty to be found. And there were a lot of people on our side. And most of all, we needed each other and our kids needed us to work hard to fight for our family. Now, obviously, (laughs) you're probably thinking, wow, this is a lot more intense than part two. I thought she wasn't going to go into it. And I I do adhere to that. I don't want to go into all of it. There was a lot that happened financially for us. And there was a lot of trust issues surrounding what had happened. But I will share with you that there was redemption through all of this. God's mercy covered us in the midst of the worst time in our lives to date and showed us that beauty can be found and hope can be found in the midst of a really bad situation. Now, I come to you and I tell you that, and then I want to switch over (laughs) and talk about what this did for me. I feel like we're already kind of going too too late here, so I'm going to stop. So (laughs) that was deep. We just talked about how things can be wrapped up, not necessarily in a perfect bow. This is not the end of our story. We're still living. We're still struggling. We're still um, figuring out our way. But we had a time in our lives that brought us to a point where we realized we were completely and totally dependent on God. And he restored us and he restored our joy and he kept our family from breaking apart. Now, I tell you that knowing full well that there's probably some of you out here listening whose stories didn't go that way. Maybe there was abuse in your story. Maybe there was infidelity that you couldn't ever get over. Maybe the reconciliation was just too painful and you couldn't pull it back together. I understand that those stories happen too. And I hope that my story doesn't diminish the fact that I have so much compassion for someone who has gone through something like I've gone through or worse. And it hasn't turned out okay. I know full well that those stories exist. But my hope is that if you are struggling in a situation that seems like you can't move out of it, like you can't find the light at the end of the tunnel, that there is hope. There is someone. There are people out there that are willing to help. 
but it takes you being vulnerable and saying, I need help. And sometimes we're just so afraid of making that first step and getting the help we need. I think if that's anything I could emphasize today, in addition to that hope, is reach out, (laughs) get help, allow people to help you, because there are a lot of people out there that are willing. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate your time. We went a little over today, but I hope that you got something out of it. Tomorrow, I want to wrap up this series by talking about being vulnerable and sharing your story with others in a hope that they will also be able to tell their story. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.